global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. U.S. stocks are slipping with treasuries while the dollar is strengthening after a jobs report boosted speculation that the Federal Reserve will raise interest rates this year. Crude oil is falling for the first time in three days. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P 500 down a tenth of a percent or two points in 1975. Dow Jones Industrial Average down two tenths percent or 38 points to 16,826. The Nasdaq's down a tenth of a percent or five points to 4684. Ten-year Treasury down 8.30 seconds. The yield 1.85%. Yield on the two-year 0.85%. NYMEX crude oil down 1% or 35 cents to 34.05 a barrel. COMEX gold up 7 tenths percent or $8.60 to 12.39.10 an ounce. The euro $1.0837. The yen 113.96. Companies added more workers than projected in February. The 214,000 increase in employment followed a revised 193,000 rise in the prior month according to figures from the ADP Research Institute. McKesson, a U.S. distributor of medical products, will acquire Rexall Health from its private owner for $2.2 billion to expand its presence in Canada. And Monsanto cutting its full-year profit forecast. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen, uh, thanks so much. Greatly appreciate all of you being with us today uh, in Washington as we wrap up Super Tuesday and on to this Super Wednesday. Bloomberg Surveillance. This morning, we're brought to you by Interactive Brokers Trading University. Even experienced traders need to keep learning. Traders University will get you up to speed quickly with short videos, webinars, courses, and more. Visit ibkrb.com slash stay ahead. That's ibkrb.com slash stay ahead. David Wilson now with our equity report. A quiet market, David, but you've always got something going. What is it? Well, sure. And uh, you look at the Stanford 500, the worst performer in early trading is Monsanto. Uh, that stock down 5.3%. The world's largest seed producer cut earnings forecast for the fiscal year ending in August. Company citing lower commodity prices and falling prices for a herbicide. Uh, along with weakness in the Argentine peso and other currencies. Uh, you've also got Brown Foreman shares lower in early trading, best known as the maker of Jack Daniels Whiskey. They cut their fiscal year earnings forecast. Third quarter profit matched analyst average estimate in the Bloomberg survey, while revenue came up short, and Brown Foreman shares down 3.2% at the moment. McKesson, as Karen Moscow mentioned, uh, up 3.1%. The drug distributor agreed to buy the Canadian pharmacy owner Rexall Health for about $2.2 billion in cash. McKesson sees the deal adding to earnings for the fiscal year ending next March. And you got CSX up 1.7%. The railroad rebuffed the takeover offer by Canadian Pacific Railway in January. That's according to the Wall Street Journal, citing Canadian Pacific mm-hmm. Chief Executive Hunter Harrison. The CSX declined to comment. Canadian Pacific has been trying since last year to buy another U.S. railroad, Norfolk Southern. Uh, Ross stores up 2.4%. The off-price retailers' earnings and sales for the fiscal fourth quarter beat estimates. And Ross raised its quarterly dividend 15% to 13.5 cents a share. And one more for you. American Water Works Please. up almost 4%. Utility will join the Standard and Poor's 500 index after the close of trading tomorrow. American Water will replace coal and natural gas producer Console Energy, one of the smallest S&P 500 companies by market value. And David Wilson, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate it. This morning here from Washington in support of 99.1 FM Washington, we greet all of you around the world. We thought we would link back 
economics, finance, investments from the political storm that we've seen the last 48 hours. Of course, moving on to our coverage of Michigan and Florida and the other caucuses. Robert Sinch is with Amherst Pierpont. Bob, let me wax philosophical here, as I can only do with a gentleman from Hamilton and Brown. We are right next door to the New York Avenue Presbyterian Church, the Church of Abraham Lincoln. He paid $50 for a pew a few years ago. Here is Abraham Lincoln. Republicans are for both the man and the dollar, but in case of conflict, the man will come before the dollar. Abraham Lincoln there getting his priorities straight. What does a strong dollar mean for the interesting mercantilism, isolation, the oceans at our borders? What does a strong dollar mean as the Republicans try to regroup, with or without Mr. Trump, to their Cleveland convention? Well, I think the, um, you know, historically strong currencies are actually a, a sign of a strong economy. And, uh, strong currencies were something to be, uh, to be relished and weak currencies were something to fear. And, uh, I think in a certain, in certain contexts, obviously the stronger dollar here is reflecting the fact that U.S. economic performance has, has, uh, has improved substantially. I, I think the problem, um, that people face politically is that with the potential growth rate for the U.S. a lot lower than it used to be, productivity growth not that strong, uh, labor force is stable at best, um, it doesn't feel like it's a strong economy. So globally, the U.S. looks pretty good. Internally, there's still this feeling that the economy really hasn't recovered uh, from the Great Recession. What are people really thinking about the dollar, though? I, I, I look at the, the DXY index, and... It's up, and then it's down a tenth of a percent, you know, every other day. It really hasn't moved a whole lot from a band between 97 and 99. It hasn't gotten to 99 in a while. Uh, right. It seems to me that people have made up their minds about where we are, and they're not really moving money around. I think that's absolutely the case. I think with with the volatility in markets earlier this year, uh, that certainly put a freeze on cross-border capital flows. We've talked about that a few times in the past. Um, and as a result, we haven't seen big movements in currencies, um, which, again, suggests to me that we're not seeing these big capital flows across borders um, as a result. So I think, you know, what we're, what we're seeing here is a consolidation phase for the dollar. Uh, I think it's consolidated the economic outperformance. It's consolidated the fact that the Fed is going to yeah. hike rates this year, but perhaps not as much as previously expected. So I think uh, with respect to the dollar outlook, it really moves with the Fed outlook. To review, folks, we've got DXY, we quote, we've got the obvious currency pairs with yen weakness through the morning and a little bit of yen strength in the last hour. But the reality, Bob, is there's a lot of ways to value the relative value of the dollar. Is the dollar rich now or is it cheap? Well, I think part of it is level and part of it is rate of change. The rate of improvement of the dollar since 2011 uh, since 2011 lows is pretty extreme, and that creates some dislocations for companies um, and trade relationships. Uh, the level of the dollar, by historic standards, is, is kind of around the middle midpoint of its long-term range, not very far from from long-term averages. So, so I think the, the economy, as we've seen, can adjust to this. We're seeing the manufacturing sector look like it uh, stabilized in the latest uh, ISM data. Um, and so I think the big abrupt adjustment of the dollar is behind us. I don't think the level is particularly problematic 
Um, and if we see some some uh, greater stability in the dollar, I think this will likely fade as an issue as we go through the year. Why are people still uh, using the Japanese yen as a, a haven, given the rhetoric in the last few weeks about Abenomics failing? You know, I think it has a lot to do with <clears throat> with the lack of capital outflow from Japan. Remember, Japan lost its current account surplus um, a couple years ago when they suffered through the tsunami and earthquake, and they had to import a lot of a lot of oil. Um, Japan has really returned to a very strong current account surplus. Um, a lot of that based on the lowering of of energy prices and their their import bill. As a result, they're running a surplus with uh, with foreign countries every month on a current account uh, basis. If they don't recycle that current account, if they don't have capital outflow from Japan, the natural tendency is for that currency to go up. And so I think during the early part of the year, uh, it was less, uh, I think, capital money moving into Japan, but more about capital not leaving Japan and the natural tendency for a currency with a current account surplus is for it to rise. Let me ask you the uh, the question. It drives me nuts, Bob. I'm almost rude to ask you the question, but I will. Is there a linkage between our economic performance and the politics of the moment? I don't detect that linkage, but a lot of people are trying to find some mystical linkage. Is it there? You know, the economy is certainly performing better. The unemployment, I mean, if you told, uh, told, you know, politicians a couple of years ago the unemployment rate would be down under 5%, inflation yeah. would be below 2%, you'd say, man, that is a, that's just an outstanding economic environment. Nobody wants to run on an outstanding economic environment right now. Everybody wants yeah. to find what's wrong in the economy. And, uh, again, I think that has to do with, with potential growth rates. It has to do with the long-term impact of, of globalization. So it's a, it's a very strange political economic environment because although mm-hmm. the numbers look good, it doesn't feel good. Bob Sanchez, thank you so much. With Amherst Pierpont on short notice today to really wrap up in a smart way our coverage. Mike, this has been fun. Economics, finance, investment, politics, Donnybrook, Establishment war. What else did we cover? Something else in there as well. <laughs> Markets uh, and, uh, oh, National Hockey League. Yeah, the National Hockey That's League. That's always the important that, thing. Yeah. Uh, with the uh, best hockey team on the planet, the Washington uh, Capitals. We need to thank Marty Schenker and the entire team here at our Washington News Bureau. Megan Murphy, of course, she was up in New York for this, but uh, we thank her as well for a great, great two days effort with 99.1 FM Washington. We'll be back in New York tomorrow to begin two focus days on the American labor economy with Jobs Day on Friday. Bill Gross, among others, joining us at that time. This is Bloomberg Surveillance with the Dow, negative 69.